0: Just record. Right. There's always that moment of sheer panic when you're like... Tim's my
1: football therapist. My what? My, f- You're my football therapist. Yeah.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Ian Prendercast, a Carlton podcast. We're brought to you as always by MGA Traffic, your one-stop shop for traffic, transport and waste. My name is Sean Peterbudge and I'm pleased to say the Hot Jam Donuts are flowing down Royal Parade for another week. <laughs> it's uh, obviously a great week to be a Carlton fan following yet another win and there's no team we enjoy beating more than the Bombrays. Um, sitting to my left, I'm in the same room as this man for the first time in a very, very long time. If anyone can hook him up... With a good deal on adducted heating units in the market,
1: <laughs> Fabaganoush. What I said, I am in the market. Actually, I'm not because I've I've placed the order. Damn. So it's coming on uh, Tuesday. So it's.
0: Do you have a cooling off period, so to speak? So to speak.
1: Everything's a cooling off period. When you just don't pay people. Or <laughs> well, you know that
0: more than most with uh, some oh, clients.
1: Yeah. So um yeah no we're we're sitting here in the uh in the lounge room a little bit, it's a little bit chilly but um I've got the appropriate footwear on to keep my uh, toes warm. Tell them what you're wearing. I'm wearing <laughs> some moccasins. <laughs> well,
0: I turned away at one point, uh, Fabian was very, very, he's a, he's a very generous host, and he uh, he plied me with some pizza, which was excellent, uh, and I turned at one point after he opened up the box, and just out of my sight lines, I saw he was wearing the moccasins, I thought, <laughs> my God, and I asked him the question, you would have to be the youngest person in Australia wearing moccasins.
1: No, I think they're more popular than you're giving them credit for. They are disgusting. They are. Oh, they're very comfortable. And I said to Sean, "Mine have got like they got laces on them, which are purely decorative. They
0: <laughs> don't do anything.
1: But these things keep getting undone, and I keep, oh, keep tripping over these goddamn <laughs> laces, which don't need to be on on the moccas at the start. It's great.
0: It's great." Uh, and of course, the voice you can hear cackling—he's not with us, sadly. He's left town in the—he's left town earlier in the week. He's isolated himself in preparation for a fate worse than nuclear war or loss to Essendon. It's Tim Davis, Doctor Davis.
2: How are you, Sean Fab? Good to hear from you.
0: And where are you? You're coming from a, re- a remote location, a fallout shelter. I'm in
2: McCrae. I'm in McCrae down on the peninsula, which is next door to Rosebud. Who don't know the area that well, so bunkering down in an Airbnb with the family, just having a bit of a long weekend and um, just a change of atmosphere and environment. Uh, the four walls in the Davis household have been closing in over the last three months and uh, <laughs> decided to remedy the situation. So um, do, you want to, uh, do
0: you want to tell our listeners your very brief review of the, your first impressions of the Airbnb just before?
2: Oh, she's small. She's small. <laughs> she's quaint. I don't think there's been a lot of parties here. But, um, yeah, it makes it difficult to social distance. (laughs) Quaint uh, Quaint is a
0: nice nice way of saying (laughs) underwhelming or surprising. Oh, look,
2: it's it's perfectly fine for everything that we need. um, But I think we'll try and get out and about uh, tomorrow, get a bit of fresh air. So um, we'll see how we fare.
0: Excellent. Well, it's lovely to have you, Timbo. Uh, Of course, you can find us on Twitter. We always love when people get in touch and the correspondence with us over the last couple of weeks has been outstanding. We really appreciate when people... Uh, get in touch whether it be during the week and and on a game day Uh, fab is of course at fabiano underscore g7 timbo is at hoff 47 and i'm at sean Peterbudge. all one word always shoot us a tweet get in touch let us know um and just remember as well if you are listening no matter where you're listening uh give us a like give us a review subscribe um help sort of all the algorithms do their business and push us up the charts and the like which is very very much appreciated uh and we've also got a spin-off program, the Weekly Watch List. We couldn't do an episode last week, but we're going to have one up on Wednesday. It's just a bit of fun. We just talk pop culture and nonsense and uh, a bit of a departure from this, so you can keep your eye out for that. Like I said, there'll be an episode up on Wednesday. On to the game itself. Um, for a moment there, it looked like this wasn't going to be much fun to talk about no. for a period in that third quarter and early in the fourth. I'm not sure about everyone else. The Bombers, I love to beat them more than anyone. Hmm. Losses against them hurt more than they do against anyone else. I hate them so, so much. I can't even put into words.
1: Yeah, it's for me. It's they're the they're the team to hate. Yeah, it's and I was explaining this to my father um, during the game yesterday. It was like he's obviously he's a lot older than us. He's he'd be more like Richmond. No, nah, Dad's Collingwood. Collingwood is is the team. Like my dad gets irritated because I've mellowed a bit on the pies, obviously, but. Um, you know, I, I still love to beat Collingwood, well, don't get me wrong, but for our generation, oh, it's just it's just Essendon.
0: Oh, I hate them so and much. And it's
1: when you lose to other teams, it just doesn't irk you as much. But they're they're shit. Oh, oh excuse my French, but they are. They're just shit. And the amount of tin arsery that oh. these guys have got and I just thought last night is gonna be Another one of those. Last night
0: had it written all over it. Tim, you'd remember it. And I was sitting there, I was having hot sweats. I was having flashbacks (laughs) and nightmares. People talking about you know, they they always talk about ninety-nine, like as the ultimate smash and grab. We pinched one, you know, with the underdog, whatever. They do this to us regularly. Like think about it. Just sitting just sitting there (laughs) last night, I was going there was a game out at Waverley in ninety four where we kicked ridiculously inaccurately, and I think Michael Simons kicked a goal late to win it for them. Um, ninety-eight. Uh, Silvani's kicked to Dean Rice. He's a bit under hit. He can't trap it. Lucas kicks the goal. We lose that by yep. nothing. Two thousand. Horrible. Two thousand thirteen. We kicked nine goals, twenty-two, and lost by a kick. Yep. You know, there's so many results. I think they kicked twelve, ten, and we lost by a kick. We had nine more shots at goal.
2: Then that wasn't a drawn game, was it? No. when um, Fletcher ran down Gallah. No, that was, that was that one as well, which is a- that was eleven. Yeah, okay.
0: But that's a good example. Like, no one needs to tell us, Timbo, these tin asses, as Fab likes to call them, yep. these jammy twats, the, 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 the manner in which they routinely beat us, this unearned, ridiculously undeserved manner, last night was just so satisfying because it looked like another one was coming down the pike.
2: Oh, I thought it was certain. Yeah, I, I, I texted an Essence supporting mate and the comment was, footy is, is a pretty simple game. And, and you get a certain amount of opportunities to be able to take care of business and win a game. And invariably, if you don't do it, you just, those opportunities don't come back. And the opposition, when they get their chances, they'll take full freight and there's your result. And it just, it just felt like last night was going to be another one of them and you're going to lose a game that you're going to sit there and you're going, we're just going to be lamenting the missed opportunities and what should have been. Um, so to get on the right side of the ledger despite the chaotic finish and the potential for still giving it away in the last 10 seconds of the game, uh, was just, um, yeah, most satisfying. And
0: losing on the back of you know, missed opportunities, we didn't take our chances, etc. cetera, is bad. But against them, it's just another story altogether. Yeah, We can't stress that enough. I just want to give you some stats, by the way. Uh, Chris Caius on Twitter, who, who many we follow and, yep. and who many of our listeners would know of, he actually put out a really interesting tweet that I didn't tweak to un- until I saw his tweet.
1: <laughs> he's got the bald cartoon emoji. He does,
0: he does. Yeah. Um, Essendon kicked eight goals three. All three of their behinds were
1: rushed. Wow. They kicked eight goals three. For so every
0: they shot they scored. They yeah. didn't miss a shot no. at goal sort of thing. Ridiculous. And, and
1: against the flow outside 50, empty goal square... It's like, and I, I've got, you know, we've all got, it. we call them mates. We've got incident <laughs> acquaintances. People we endure. <laughs> one of them's your mum, sure. Yeah, it is. Very true. <laughs> um, Very testy. They're the like, oh. oh. Shout
2: out to Leslie. Yeah, shout <laughs> yeah. out to Leslie. You know,
1: one of my mates was saying, yeah, you know, we've done all this without a forward line. It's like, no, you've chosen to have four of your six forwards play behind the ball and clog everything up. Yep. They're the most. And through nothing of your own doing, You've gotten these opportunities, and taken them. Whereas we've grafted, and yeah, we were horrible with skill, and we'll touch on it. You know, mm. you know, our execution was was poor, but we were working and trying to build towards something. Whereas they, they, they just
0: kind of—they've played the same way, Fabian. Since Matthew Knights was absolutely was lambasted by their fans and the media, they've played the same way for nearly yeah. fifteen years. This run and gun slingshot that, off halfback—that's it. That's them. That,
2: they elect not to create anything directly whatsoever. They yeah. have no structure. They—it's it, like they've turned around. And they've said, "Footy is a game where the skills can be so haphazard. We'll just get the ball on turnover. Yeah. We won't try and win it. We'll just get enough players behind the ball and we'll run it out of defence when the opposition makes an error."
1: It's and, it's, and
2: if you ha- and if you have the day where you're accurate you hit sixteen goals or whatever else, well, you'll beat them. But if you make enough mistakes, they're in the game and you're going. Look, if it works for them and it keeps them competitive and it satisfies their supporters, let them keep on doing it. But you're going, I just look at it and go, if you were a supporter, you'd sit there and you're going, what are we? What do yeah. what we well, represent? You know, is, this is the, this yeah. is the
0: problem, Timbo. They're all the scarecrow from Wizard of Oz and they don't have a brain. None of them.
1: <laughs> it's as if they're coached by Mourinho. Yeah, a little bit. Do you know I mean? he He's famous for saying, well, that's a great guy, what Jack Gunn's always missed. Um, he's famous for saying that, you know, if you don't have the ball, you can't make mistakes. Now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's as if Essendon play that way. Mm. It's like, you know, we can't make a mistake if we don't have the ball. And then w- when they do get an opportunity, it just seems to all fall into place for them. What so- about
0: when they were click, They were coming through the middle at one point? We were putting on really good pressure. Don't know what quarter it was in. Might have been the second quarter based on the end they were kicking. And we're putting on good pressure. Smother. Tackle, tackle, tackle. Smother. It just goes straight back to one of them. Yep. Yeah. And they R- rather, it clear rather it than
1: us actually catching them out of position rather and capitalising, go to a 50 50. Mm.
0: Here are some stats. You like this, Tim. I went through this very quickly. Very obvious stats, but stats that tell a story nonetheless. Last night, we finished with plus 15 inside 50s, plus 15 clearances, plus 65 disposals, plus 14 contested disposals in that, plus 31 marks, plus 31 marks inside 50, plus six scoring shots. It would have been an absolute tragedy to lose that game. Wait, if we had lost that game, the box score would have been investigated by future generations and they would have done yep. like studies on how did they lose?
1: Mm. It would have been like yep. the pyramids. Yep. would it be good to break that down. I'm not saying we should, but to break that down for the third quarter in particular, mm. where we've gone five – they've kicked two goals one to our five behinds and it felt like the entire game was played in our forward seventy.
0: And that's the problem. Like, the whole yep. the whole discussion, I, was, I, I put the tweet out about it last night on our handle, and the whole discussion about it, I thought, we've just got to cut this off at the pass. Oh, they've won two close games. We were the better side on both nights comfortably. Yep.
2: Comfortably. That's, they could both have been eight-goal victories. And they should have been. Comfortably.
0: You know, we're not going to be glass half full. But you sit there going, the margins of victory in the last two weeks have flattered our opponents.
2: Mm.
1: So,
0: okay. so that's the positive there. But we're going to move on now, obviously, to um, the first part of the, the review portion of the program, which we call Chicken Salads. Basically, if you haven't listened to us before, uh, it's a pros and cons. Chicken Salad is a pro. Chicken Shit is a con. We always like to start with the Chicken Salads, and there are quite a few of them. There's a few players whom I throw to Tim with a Chicken Salad with great trepidation, and this man is one of them. <laughs> David Cunningham, Timbo. I want you to tell people who might not have listened um, when you told this story initially, and this was ringing in my ears for most of last night, you had a chat to Matty Cruiser Yep. in the not-too-recent past, and he said something very, very uh, relevant, given David's performance last night.
2: Yeah, we specifically asked Cruz about um, cunners and unsurprisingly, because I, I guess we led with saying we see so much in this kid. He's got so much ability, and at times he just looks like he could be anything. And Cruz kind of alluded to that lack of consistency because he said some guy, some training sessions, he'll be the best player on the ground. But not. But then he said equally, you know, he doesn't maintain that sort of output, and he'll have other sessions where you just don't see and hear from him. So you know that it's there. We've all seen it. He's he's been the, the the quintessential glimpse footballer, and you see instances in him. You see the footballer that he's seeking to evolve, um, you know, and and become, um, but he's just not stringing it together enough. And and unfortunately for Cunners, he was the king of the twelve position one goal game, where he gave you enough. It's like a game of golf. You know, you, you do just enough good stuff to get you back the next week, but. There's a lot of stuff in between that isn't exactly going to make you a tool player or anything else like that. But in the case of Cunners last night, for the first time, and whether it's work rate, whether it's confidence, whether it's belief, but he's he's just in you know imposed himself upon the game more so than he ever has, gotten more involved, found himself being more relevant, genuinely accumulated possessions, which is not something that he's ever done. Um, and, uh, and and was one of those really strong connectors between the midfield and forward line, and um, and really created. And, and a, a lot of opinions come back to expectation, but everybody who watched that game has gone, wow, this kid's just taken a step. He's playing above the level that he's been at, and he's really shown something. And to me, it was just an absolute tragedy that he didn't kick that set shot mm. at the end because, it was the game that he deserved, deserved to really, really put his stamp on the game. Well, that was the and, icing, um, wasn't
0: it, on, on his performance. Well, it well, was. Well, that was everyone, the icing. He, and, he just... and, and missing the kit, like you said, it's disappointing for him personally not to, to be the match winner as such yes. that his performance mm. deserved. But you look at the stats. I mean, of all players on the ground, second for metres gained, first for score involvement, second for total disposals. So this is kind of coming out party. He should have
1: had that goal in the third, third. Yeah. That's his goal. We know that run. Yeah.
0: We kicked a one against very yep. similar against Melbourne. But yep. I think for me the encouraging thing about this is hopefully this serves as a bit of a reminder for a lot of Carlton fans who have uh, turned their gaze on, on certain other young players on our list, you know O'Brien, a Stocker, a Dow. Sometimes it just takes time. We've got we've we should have the patience with these, you know, good young kids we've brought into the system. Not everyone comes in and does what a Matt Rowell is doing. Like that's just unprecedented and you just gotta live with that. But that doesn't mean that these guys that we've stockpiled can't be really, really good players for us. If they just need that time to develop, time to find their feet, time to get comfortable. And for a guy like Cunner's, I was absolutely rap for him last night.
1: Yeah. But we're also we're not forced to play those players no. anymore. And we're so, gonna to touch on that later. So people have got, to, have got to understand where's Paddy Depp. We don't need him necessarily. Mm. Whereas you go back four or five years ago. Mate, you were a top first round draft pick but you hope you' too, were playing
0: like that's a good that's a good point mate because you hope too that that actually changes a mindset with the player in a way that they come in and they're not coming in going I've got to, I've got to win six clearances and I've got to I've got to have 25 and mm. whatever oh geez I've got to actually come in and, and be a real difference today so you, for a young 18 19 20 year old playing in a poor team that's a
1: burden exactly well last night flip and people will know I only I will only ever call him flip Flip didn't have the best of nights but his errors and his turnovers you know and his fumbliness didn't cost us because he wasn't cru- he wasn't a crucial cog mm. it's not like we we've, we've gone through years where we've had you know debutants come in and the, the expectation on them is astronomical whereas we just wanted this guy to go in and compete and, and he, he did s- and he did and like I, and, he- I was, and I was happy for and he kept putting himself yep. in the position and he could have gone into his shell and he did it and did something really nice Towards the end of the game yeah. and I was happy I said this to you today, I was happy that the commentators corrected themselves because they gave Cunningham some more credit for a nice pickup he didn't off half back. But um look, I'm happy to go with flip again and we will discuss it after. I'm happy to roll the dice on him again and just
0: Chairman of Selectors, Fabaganoush.
1: No, just keep it going.
0: Uh, we're gonna go to you, Fabaganoosh, while we're still on the, the <laughs> topic of players who are really doing good things. Yeah. Gonna throw to you. Levi Casbol. Okay.
1: Oh, you give me the easy one first. To
0: think <laughs> to think, and this is this is true life, this time last year, maybe a little bit earlier, yep. we, the Carlton Football Club and the Carlton Football Club supporters members, would have been umming and ahhing about his contract status. He was out of contract, he signed a one-year contract in October of 2019, and he's sort of going, "Geez, I don't know, I'm not sure where he fits, or I'm not sure what his value is. He His transformation oh. has been absolutely stunning.
1: Well, to quote Tony, Tony would say, he is shit. Your mate... Your mate Kaz Bilt, he used to call him built. Your mate Kaz built, he is shit.
0: Good hands.
1: Whereas last night, that was all for Dad was going Mitch. Dad That was going Mitch early on. And Mitch started very well. He did. And I just kept that the glance. The glance and that's a like, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but to the point, it was kind of in in no man's land. Look, like yep. he always had the the talent, you know, as far as a good contested mark and being a focal point, but there was just so many flaws to his game that it it was that move going back. It kind of gave him the confidence. And from there, it's it's he's been a different player. The ruck. Well,
2: he almost, won, he, he
0: almost won that game against Freo. Sorry. sorry, Fabian was Fabian was making some Fabian was making some good points, and I was like agreeing with him completely. And I, I sort of, I did like a bit of charades. I was doing like you know ruck taps as if to say you know, first work.
1: second ruck. Sounds like ruck.
0: Yeah, second ruck. You know, like he's playing second ruck. He's yeah. doing a good job there. And Fabian just goes ruck. When we
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, but you, you're right, and he, He's basically put himself all around the contest, mm. And he, he's become such a pivotal part. Even when we do – and our composure, even in the early – pavement against Melbourne like when we started so poor, our composure this season has been better. Mm. We've had patches where it's been yep. – everything's been horrific. But our composure's been better. And even when we still need that outlet kick, he's providing it. He's providing – a safe pair of hands and a safe option at every turn. And it's just – he's been phenomenal. And is he out of contract at the end of this year? Yeah. Shit, be some dollars coming his way. Well, there might be, but you're sitting well, – If you're going to keep him, because there'll be offers.
0: Yeah. No, he, he, he's he been exceptional, and he's he's kicked eight goals for the year. Um, We've got some more breaking news about Levi later on when we get to uh – Oh, yeah. I've already told you the news. It's not yes. earth-shattering, but it's a nice pat on the back for a guy playing good footy. Um, yeah, look, he, he's been great. He's been great to watch. And, and Tim, you mentioned you know, he had those moments last year, one of them against the Dockers, where a little bit like Cunningham in the sense that we've seen so many pieces of the puzzle in different order and different groupings over the mm. years, the marking. Occasionally, his kicking would be good. Then he'd play a little bit of chop-out ruck, and you'd go, oh, yeah, that was okay. This year through four games, he's doing all of it well.
2: You know, yeah, it's been great to watch. yeah. Incredibly, um, yeah.
0: The other guy we've got to give a pat on the back to, and we'll, we'll keep it short. We don't want to be flippant because we, we spoke about him at length last week. I've got Sam Doherty's name here, and as I was compiling my notes for the record, I simply wrote, what more can you say? What is there to say about this guy? Who could have possibly expected no. what he has dished up?
1: You can't expect someone to come back, and barring a few moments of play, effectively have not Skipped a beat from his all-Australian form. It's been phenomenal. He is,
0: and and he's getting a, his story's getting a little bit of traction.
1: Mm. But it takes is, the meter always a little bit longer to, to pick up the on current story. He's the best news story. Yeah, they're idiots.
0: He's the best news story in footy this year. Absolutely, Matt Rowell is obviously no, a great no story. Doubt. Matt Rowell's an, a great story, and we're not you know, dismissing that. But from a guy who we last saw, like you said, as the incumbent all-Australian. The incumbent, you know, best player in his position in the competition, to miss two seasons, to come back and, as Fabian said, hit the ground running, has been absolutely exceptional. Um, and he's that classic in American sports, the comeback player of the year. You know, sort of situation.
1: I'm going to say something that's going to make Sean laugh. It oh, reminds me of indoor soccer, Fabian, because oh my god, at the start of every season, where is this going? No, no. With my, f- until I, you got match fit, my skill level. It it was affected by the fact that I wasn't being able to, you know, compete for as long. I felt that Doc early. I think may, maybe it, maybe it was a match practice or match fitness thing. His skills in against Richmond and in against Melbourne weren't as good as what they've been in the last two weeks. His kicking is back. He, you know, he went at ninety one percent. He gained yes. five
0: hundred and sixty meters. Number yeah. one on the ground. So, so.
1: he's he's and like I said I'm comparing it to me that with match for now, <laughs> we with, got it I mean you don't have to double back around to it right God I was good once I was once I was up and running do you Jeez, want to tell was, do you Jeez. want to tell
0: the listeners about your last visit to an indoor soccer court I was I was witness to this I did my back He did his back yeah. before the game he did his back in the warm up and then did it again during the game yeah. he was playing in goals nah. a ball was literally past like past him
1: it was about 10 centimetres away from me and I was just all I could do was watch it <laughs> Role, but you were very lucky, Eric. My point were is, ordinary. Y- your skill can, can be affected when your match fitness isn't there. And I think in the last two weeks, and I thought, geez, like even last night, looking at his back the, he's, against Geelong, his kicking was mm. on point. But just to find he went at 91% last night, and that is just phenomenal. He's
0: driving us off half back
1: giving us real impetus. But when you're at 91%, that just means it's not coming back over your head as exactly.
0: well. Exactly, spot on. Um, the other, I think, really, really impressive part of the performance was just the maturity of it in the end, to be challenged as we were. This is a game, Timbo, that we do not win in any of the last three or four seasons, especially to create the chances, to not make the most of them, to fall two two goals behind. You know, At that point, we hadn't kicked a goal for the half, and you're sitting there going, "Jesus Christ, it feels like a long way back." We're two goals down, but uh, what did you make of that? I suppose the just the maturity of the performance across the board.
2: Oh, look, totally. I mean, there was a there was a phrase <laughs> that was generated, whatever it was, three years ago, that um, a performance was very Richmondy, and um, and and a lot of supporters had a field day with that for a little while until they won a premiership. But um, but you're right. That was a that was a Carltony. Performance of our last three years, where um, played great, worked hard, didn't quite get the rewards Opponents get those opportunities; they take them. We're left lamenting what might have been, um, and we walk away with an honourable loss. And um, and and clearly, once I mean they kicked four straight in a low-scoring game, you know, two goals depending on either side of um, the three-quarter time um, break, and the game was done. Like it was only two goals, and and so the, the the cup half full person in me sort of said, "There's still time. We can do this." But we worked so hard to be able to get our goals up until that point. You thought, "I just don't see it coming," and um, and 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 we'll probably touch on it. But um, the cameo that Mark Murphy played mm. in taking those slight opportunities and. Oh, uh, you know, um, indecisive <laughs> moments. He just, just uh, came to the fore and, and, and um, we took our opportunities and, and got a win that we, we, we deserved, but we probably should have uh, let slip and the old carton would have. Um, but I think that's what made it all the more satisfying is, is, as you said, the maturity and the growth that has now been added to a very young, talented list. Um, our evolution is um, is very much um, where it needs to be.
0: And, uh, of course, <clears throat> when we speak about that, Fabian, Tim Tim touched on Murph, but there's, there's another, you know, a, a clutch of the lesser light type players. Cunningham was naturally the standout, but uh, Will Setterfield, I thought, had a really strong first half particularly, but he, his general game was good. Uh, Sam Walsh was really steady. Uh, Michael Gibbons continues to go from strength to strength, playing a more midfield-focused role. And all that added up to the result not hinging on Patrick Cripps being Hercules, yeah, dragging us
1: over the line. Well, there were center bounces where Cripps was on the ground, and not in the center bounce. That's good to see. Mm. Instead set setters playing a lot more, getting a lot more clearance, like or being you know in and amongst you know the center bounces is, it's good for him too because, especially when you play off half forward and the ball is not there a lot, which it hasn't been for Carlton in the last couple of years. It's hard to get that momentum to get into the game. And I just, I think in the last couple of weeks, Centrefield's been, whilst his numbers aren't great and he hasn't been, you know, doing anything flashes, his efforts have been good. He's, he's at the bottom of packs.
0: Feels like he's just twigged to the tempo a little bit yep. more in the last couple of weeks. And it's noticeable that the tempo is he's not hurried. He's not a bit. You know, he's not rash yeah. when he gets the ball. It's just, he's
2: just... composed. He knows it's how composed. much time, you know. So, yeah.
0: um, And, of course, I think the, the holding on aspect after initially fighting back to, to retrieve the deficit, to hit the front, I think it's a really important... Um, the way we're finishing games is a really important mental fillip for us. I think it's something that might not be made a lot of in the media, but, yeah, I think this is a really critical juncture for us and our opponents that we finish strongly... But for the Geelong game, the Geelong game's the outrider. But against the Tigers, finish really well. Against Melbourne, finish really well. Then last night, finish well again. That's something that we can build some mental resilience around, and our opponents can potentially have in the back, geez, they finish well. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not gone, they're not out, they're not mm. done. They finish well, they'll come, they'll have another flurry in them. And that's good for us, bad for our opponents, which is good. Um, did you want to take yep. Murph at all, Fabian? Did you want to... Uh... Wax about Mark Murphy, of course. We can throw to you. You've been a big supporter of Murph, as I, we all all have been. You, you of yep. course, went to uh, went into battle, as we discussed last yep. week, about some opinions on Murph.
1: Um, well, it's also probably an opportune time to, you know, basically say, you know, I I didn't watch the last quarter live. <laughs> shit, um, I cracked the shits. Um, I, I just don't, I don't just, blame you, man. I just uh I just, I just got to the point where I was like. I can't I can't emotionally handle this. I it's not I never gave up on my team. I was just like
0: You thought the writing was on the wall.
1: Yeah. I just felt I felt so sorry for the lads. That we we dominated so much and the goal on three quarter time put me to the point where I went, no, nah, I can't do this. <laughs> so I, I got in the car and I drove home and, and I rang Tim and I said, Tim Tim's my, my football therapist and I said, Tim, just call me if we win. Dr. Davis. And he did call me, and I said, "You know, I was relieved." And all Tim said, "He goes, he goes, your boy Mark Murphy is a is a standout.' So his last quarter, and it's from a numbers point of view, it's not huge, it's just just important. He's important, and he did it with a smile. Did anyone else pick that up? He it did was the like, wink. Yeah, so it was, it the was, wink. Yeah, love the wink. So he um, just looks
0: like a guy who I hate this saying because I think it's too blase. It's a bit too catch all, but it's not that he'd fallen out of love with the game, but he'd become a bit jaded, you know, after having been in the system for so long, yeah. you know, it, different eras hadn't turned out the way that he and the club would have hoped. He'd had his injuries. He's being pushed out a little bit in terms of position and role. Teague comes in, resets, realigns things. Um, and, you know, we saw in the back half of last year a guy just get his tail back up again and play
1: great footy, and we're seeing it again this year. Teague's got the balance right with Murph. Yeah. Murph is he's no longer our number one midfielder. And I don't want to see Murph alongside Paddy Cripps because that's not the point. But the point is, Murph is still one of our best midfielders, and he has to play certain minutes through certain parts of the ground. And when it was his time to be stood up and accounted for last night. And his leadership was top-notch. I, I can't speak highly enough of the man. Love him.
0: It feels like he's, yeah, he's just playing a bit more, I use the word burden, just burden-free yep. more recently. And then Timbo, of course, uh, your one with old mate, Mark Pittenett. This guy has come in, and, and I was asked, obviously having done some stuff at Box Hill whilst, whilst Pitto was there, a few people I know who know that asked about Pittnet and I, I, I had misgivings about going too hard on the the praise, because I didn't want to overcook it. I didn't want to oversell it. But I I had this suspicion that he'll do what he did last night in the last quarter, and that's just fight and fight and fight and will himself to contest after contest. That must have been pleasing for a man like yourself who enjoys that aspect of um, performance more than perhaps anything.
2: (laughs) Well, there's absolutely no doubt there were moments in the game where you know sometimes you need touch, sometimes you need finesse, and other times you've just got to, it doesn't matter how agricultural it is, it's it's sometimes just a, a game of inches and just getting the ball, moving forward, and a bit of momentum, and he's hacked it off the ground, you know, pushing it forward. And, and you sat there and you've gone, that's absolutely the play at that point. But equally as important as they those moments were in the game, you see his ability to be able to get the ball below his knees, um, He's a good kick of a footy. He's he's a skillful guy at whatever he is, two oh two or whatever. He can back back into a pack and take a strong mark overhead. He reads the play well. He's happy to lay a tackle. Um, and he gets his hands to the ball. I mean, he got as many hit outs to advantage against Gorn in that game. Um, and he had every right to have his, his colours lowered, and he just didn't. And he's been, he, he's probably been the find of the season so far for a for a mature player to come into a side and find a role and have genuine impact, off the top of my head, I don't think that there's too many other players anywhere else in the league that's that's had the same level of impact. I mean, obviously the you know, the Brad Hills of the world going to St Kilda and making a change. Much but, much but more high
0: profile,
2: aren't they? Oh this is it. He he was fringe All Australian squad last season. So when you require a player like that and you really pay big money to get them, there's a level of expectation that goes with it. I don't think there was any other, there wouldn't have been any other support, you know, any other supporters outside of Hawthorn and Carlton that knew anything about Mark Pitt and Ed. So what he's managed to do relative to the regard people would have had for him, it's um, it it's seriously good. And the moment Cruiser goes down, you're going, gee, that's a massive blow for that football club. But in the end, in a crazy kind of way, you're going, I don't know if it's necessarily made us better, but we certainly haven't slipped at all, and um, uh, and it's big props to Piddo, so, um, so It's the oppo-
0: it's the opportunity that he would have hoped would come his way, not at the expense of a teammate or, or anyone, but um, it's a great story that he's been able to, to grab it by the hands and, and you know really run with it. It's excellent. Uh, I want to talk just briefly about some role players who I think um, have done a really good job um, last night for us. Uh, Sam petrevsky seaton uh, had the job on Tipper. Um, you know, Tip and Woody's a player who's caused us some some headaches in the last couple of years and, and has been a dangerous matchup for us. Sammo went to him. Tip and Woody had four disposals. He kicked one charity goal in the last quarter. Yep. Um, but he, for four disposals for the night, Samo had 14 at 86%. He had four intercept possessions. He, he uh, bobbed up with a couple of clearances from stoppage situations. Um, his, his is a performance that has gone a bit under the radar, a bit underappreciated, but in the grand scheme of a one-point win... Uh, ends up becoming super important. I think internally within the club, they would have really valued his his display on the night. Uh, and the other one, of course, Ed Curnow, uh, had the lockdown role uh, in the middle. Um, and I made the note, look, I don't want to discredit him because he's, he's still a uh, an important part of the team at the moment, but in a really good sort of boom for what we're trying to do and, and the team we're trying to become, Ed has to have a pretty tailored role now. Because when he gets the footy, you know his skill errors are a bit more conspicuous now than they were three and four years ago when he was surrounded by you know a lot of players making skill errors. Yep. So so long as we tailor the role for him and give him a task, he still has that place you know in the team. Um, but it is encouraging all the while to sort of go. We actually see we've got a bit of a use by date on some of these guys who are holdovers.
1: And not that we're trying to push no, them. No, no. But we need to see that there's pressure coming from, from, from within. And so, his
0: work rate's always going to be oh, the point of difference, yep. you know, between him and the guy he's vying with.
1: And that's why he's such a good tagger because yep. he's, he's he's just always there. It's always there. And he took... I thought he took Dylan Shields to the, to the cleaners.
0: I agree. Um, and then the last one for the chicken salads, Timbo. Just a little bit off-Broadway, but I think credit where credit's due. Um, the fan reaction and the fan engagement... Um, from the Carlton people, the Carlton community in the last couple of weeks has been really heartening. And and it's been a real positive, I think from my point of view that we've, we've gone through quite a lean period and and there's just two wins. We don't want to get carried away, but you can see that, that there's something really special stirring and people are are buying into it and they kind of want to be a part of it.
2: Without a doubt. And and I think you were touching on before um, when we were talking about maturity and growth and, and, uh, you know, and, and our ability to be able to run out games and all that sort of stuff. We made the comment <coughs> about the roar during the St Kilda game last year and you just sit there and you're going, the Carlton supporters are on board online. We're, we're making noise um, and, and there's genuine momentum behind the team, you know, um, in the forums, on Twitter and commentary and all that sort of stuff. When we're at games, and there's close finishes and all that sort of stuff. The impact that our crowd can have if we do get to um, to get to games and, and get behind the boys, you know, you just get there and go, geez, we're going to be making some noise and and uh, getting some momentum behind our footy club. So, um, uh, but it's terrific. You can, you can just see there's been a lot of supporters that have done the hard yards as we've developed. Now you're seeing more of the finished product at the moment. And, uh, um, and those that have waited and really bought into this system and, the Development and the recruiting, um, it's just starting to pay off, and it's genuinely lovely to see.
0: Well, I think we're, we're all, and it's not just us, it's our listeners, it's it's everyone out there really just champing at the bit to be able to be a part of it again, you know, and that should be no really doubt. encouraging for the club. And then, uh, one last shout out to two very special reactions from the game, which, uh, as Dennis Leary once said, would warm the cockles of our hearts Bryce Gibbs <laughs> and Bryce Gibb.
1: Bryce. I like a Gib.
0: I like a Gib. Um, of course, just tweeted, baggers at the final siren, which got a good response and, and plenty of come home Bryce. Uh, and then Daisy, I don't know if people saw Daisy Thomas in the box. I think he's with Triple M. I could yep. be wrong. Yep. No, Triple M. Um, there was a video of him at the siren and you know, just pretty pretty up and about, which was good to see as well. Yep. Uh, there was, was there was
2: one other as well, Sean. Um, oh, no. Kieran Burns I did. I responded that, to him. Um, yes. yeah, yeah, so did I. So did I, so did I. I told him to come back. Um, but the, but the comment was um, yeah Carlton really looked like they're staying to grow something here. So even from ten thousand kilometres away, still he, he can still see the growth and the development, and um, and and he's happy for us as well. And it's it, it's just good to see support from people that, in some certain circumstances, could have their noses out of joint. But I think when you've committed, devoted yourself to a team for a period, you're always going to happy. You're always going to be happy when they when they have a level of success and things are turning out right because there's always good people involved in clubs, not just the blokes that run out in the field. So absolutely, yeah, it's tr- it's good to see. Good absolutely,
0: to see. Uh, we're going to move on now to the chicken shits. So chicken shits are just uh, cons basically. Um, for me, first you know, cab off the rank was just our forward structure and execution. And as a rider, I, I I think I can be lenient in, in the sense that what we were able to produce last week down at Geelong was always going to be difficult to replicate because Harry's out, obviously, with his ribs. Uh, Jack Silvani, who was meant to be playing tall, goes down two minutes into the game. So structurally, we just didn't have the same personnel to achieve the same end. Mm. So it still doesn't necessarily excuse how haphazard we were at times, playing into Hooker, playing into Hurley, which it was just frustrating to go, what we did so well last week, we can't expect that Essendon will roll out the red carpet to let us do it again but I, th- I just think we took a little while to adapt to, okay, well, things aren't going to be the same, so how do we make sure that the payoff's the same?
1: Yeah, I, look, on rewatch, I think what we, what we took out of the Geelong game was that we can't – what we took out of the, both the Melbourne game and we brought into the Geelong game is that we can no longer bomb inside forward 50. We've got to think our way through it and find the appropriate option. The issue we had last night is Essendon's reluctance to play football Ugh. and put all six, well, sixteen men behind the ball. Meant it was a congested forward line. Yeah, because it was congested, we still we still had that thinking of okay, we don't bomb. We did a couple of times and it didn't work. Let's find a better option. But it led to a times, especially in the third quarter, which shit me to tears. Overuse. We'll just try and try and try and try and, and at times I just I was just yelling, shoot, either have a shot, shoot or, fucking, shoot. No, 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 I didn't, <laughs> didn't yell that out. But it was what's his name? Jack Nunes was a perfect example. Yeah. Finally, gets something to come our way. He goes inside for either have a shot, and hopefully drill it, or hit Martin. And we did neither. And it was kind of that our execution. <laughs> The, the structure fell down because Essendon had so many people in there and our execution wasn't great and it was frustrating. So,
0: The other one, Timbo, I um, agree completely, Fabian, uh, we're just a bit fumbly and, and indecisive at times, which which hurt us. You know, when, when we had them on the rack a bit and we... we
1: when we were out too, especially we yeah. we had chances to... Yeah. We're on the out, we, we've got a chance to build something and we'd just be unclean.
0: We had the impetus. We had control. Mm. And it, it just felt a little bit like we overthought. The McKernan I,
1: I, goal is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Where Plowman and... Who, who, who did he link? Plowman linked up... He was Walsh. Was, I think it, it was Walsh. It was Walsh. It was Walsh. In, In tight, yeah. tight, confined spaces. They worked it out. And they got the outlet kick to Levi. Now, Levi... I'm not going to hang him out. Fumbles.
2: Oh, that one yeah, recovers yeah. the
1: left footer. Yeah. So my point was, we did something nice between Plamman and Walsh, and then Levi. Yeah. Okay. He dropped the mark, but then he tried to find a, you know, a kick on the forty-five in between three Essendon players, turned it over, and then you know, typical Essendon score a goal from it. But that's the whole point. We we had what are so they, many fam? tin asses?
0: What does that mean? I like it. I don't know. I'll look it up.
1: Um. It's one of those things where we where we had it almost, and then it was that final bit of play that kept breaking down. So we weren't getting reward for effort.
0: Oh, here we go. Tin-arse, used in Australia and New Zealand, means lucky, where an individual should have met with bad circumstances but has avoided them through sheer luck.
1: <laughs> well, that's a perfect that's definition.
0: That's a perfect definition <laughs> of the Essendon Football Club. But as I was saying like. Timbo, we don't want to get too caught up on, on, you know, it was a pretty dewy night. It was pretty tricky. The game was pretty hot at times. Yep. Um, but just that, that indecisiveness with the ball, you know, when we had the momentum, when we had the opportunity to kill them off, that's why it becomes a, a, a tight finish. You know, that's why it becomes a nervy finish, and that's something that we need to clean up.
2: Oh, we, we were queuing up at times. We'd, we'd done the work further afield. We'd released players. We, we got the game onto our terms. And once you've got that situation, it doesn't matter whether you're playing, you know, the reigning premiers Richmond, you know, Brisbane's West Coast, Port Adelaide, Collingwoods, you know, the genuine contenders, or whether, whether it's just an also ran like an Essendon, you've got to put them to sword. The you, you've got to be ruthless. We've we we've got too much talent on this team to not create those opportunities and and execute more of them than we don't. And uh, and yeah, I, I think at times we've overthought. We tried to release that one more handball to put a guy in the space for an easier shot on goal. Sometimes you've just got to take the responsibility and 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 fire the shot. You know and, what it is, Timbo. You'd uh,
0: you know this. It's the Arsenal walking the ball into the net.
2: Yeah, we're yeah. we're not Fabulous so we're yeah. not so
0: brazen as to use that exact metaphor, but just someone has to have the shot.
1: Yeah, there was one occasion where we did yeah. that. Yeah, we kept, we kept we kept handballing it around. We're in our own goal square. It was like. Someone shoot. Someone just have a shot. I don't care if we miss. Just, just put it through. But um,
2: you miss one hundred percent of the shots
1: you don't take. Sure, was that Wayne Gretzky? <laughs>
2: Apparently so. <laughs> the
1: what, great one. What I will say when it comes to forward structure and our not so much delivery inside fifty, but the way we move the ball around in and around the fifty is Jack Silvani going down. Mm. I think has seen Jack Martin play a lot more. Of his role yeah. that he would have played. Now, last week, it was great to have Jack playing a lot of midfield minutes, which we didn't get to see him do this week. And everyone, you know, the commentators quit and say, oh, Jack Martin hasn't been involved heavily this Why? week. Why?
0: Well, it's they, like, let's think about they, it, isn't it?
1: They, 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 don't have, they don't give a shit to actually research or, or, or think about.
0: Which is weird because you've got a lot of people in that commentary box mm. that have played an extraordinary amount of football.
1: Yeah, but Brayshaw oh. can say that. He's a commentator, he's just a play by play. This is B.
0: <laughs> Mrs. P, <laughs> <laughs> is he still doing that shit? Get around him. Is he still doing that rubbish?
1: Oh. Um, I've oh, well, I haven't listened to Triple M this year. So. What about that
0: stint where Triple M? You loved it. You loved it. You're like a pig in shit. When it used to be like him and Gary and whatnot, and he'd be going the tip, the tip, and Gary would tip. Be in the Gary would be in the background this making the tip rat r- making rat noises. <laughs> yeah. Gary would be in the background They were <laughs> great. They were great, they were great it days. Was shithouse. house. Nah, no, great days.
1: <laughs> You're an idiot. No, no, Triple M have phased all that, all of them out. So their Friday night is like Howie and Juddy and I love Chris Judd, but Jesus Christ, he's hard listening to it.
0: Judy, you know what the thing with Juddy is? We're getting off topic here. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what the thing with Juddy is? Juddy is really good when I don't, like I appreciate Juddy's dryness.
2: Like mm. I love yep. it.
0: And I think in, in in bursts when he's allowed to be himself, but a general Triple M audience wouldn't get it. No, they wouldn't care. they like Juddie's really like real subtle, like he's real sly. Yeah. and you got to you got to pay attention to the nuggets of gold.
1: Triple M is more of a crude, loud humor.
0: Yeah, like when Barry Hall was yep. making a fool of himself. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Barry. Um, we want to touch on the. The umpiring, and I think there's one decision in particular that the AFL tried to justify, <laughs> and it's just it's embarrassing. So no. can I so can I say? So we spoke about at the, the, with the Geelong game. We spoke about the a couple of decisions, um, the the Tom Williamson on Selwood one, which was ordinary, and the Joel Sel- um, the uh, Reece Stanley and Kate Simpson one, which resulted in a goal as well. Fair play to Reece Stanley, he kicks the goal from fifty. But the point I'm going to make here with the Eddie Betts 50 meter penalty, the point I'm going to make here is. Can the AFL umpires just show some common sense? So with the Reese stanley incident, that's a really good one. The ball hasn't been bounced yet or thrown up. So the stoppage is still dead. It's being set up. Cade Simpson follows, I think it's Selwood, across the stoppage. Selwood's clearly trying to drag him across the stoppage into contact with Stanley. So it's a professional, you know, free kick type thing. Simpson runs across the stoppage. Ball hasn't been bounced. Stanley wraps him up. Free kick to Stanley. Why doesn't the umpire just say, guys, just reset it, okay? Mm. Simo, get out. Reece, you wrapped him up. Just reset it. We're going to bounce it. With the 50 last night, to the letter of the law as they've explained it, Eddie was encroaching on the mark. There were two Bombers players in front of him. They're not allowed to be there.
1: Mm. So Both of which blocked him both almost of which illegally. Blocked
0: him. So you sit there, Myers at his umpire would be, everyone get out. Eddie, come back. You're over the mark. I think it was Hurley and Redman maybe? Out, get out, clear out. We're going to reset the kick. Not 50. And then they said, oh, well, Michael Gibbons kept running. Michael Gibbons isn't the fucking umpire. He's going to listen to you. Tell him when to Mm, stop.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, Gibbons just kept running. Because the umpire kept running. The umpire just kept going. Gibbons, as soon as the umpire said, here's the mark, Michael, he would have stopped.
1: So it's just classic. Yeah, if he had have stopped and given away another 50. Yeah. Then it's a dead certainty to be a goal. So... Whoever that controlling umpire was,
0: very experienced Matt Stevic.
1: He's a fool.
0: <laughs> but it was just so frustrating. And Tim, bro, there were another couple ones. Uh, there was one Townsend hands square in the back on Plowman, which yeah, wow. I, I
2: thought I thought there was a lot through the night. I reckon there was at least half a dozen. Um, it' just seemed to be really handsy on the night, and, uh, and and there were a number of pushouts, and and again, you know, we, we, we lament. Yeah, you know, when Levi pushed um, Gorn <laughs> out of the way. Timbo's and, been on and, about and, and this and for actually, three weeks. Oh, that no, still shits me. But, but that was just all. I was bodies, trying to think: when, you, when did, you, did you,
1: Levi push anyone out yesterday? Timbo's no, taking no, no, it no. back to the yeah. Melbourne game. Timbo
0: wakes yeah, up; and he's going way, to be I'm, he's going to be down at Rosebud. He's going to be waking up in the middle of the night and go gone gone. <laughs> oh.
2: But I but, but I thought all throughout the night there was just I, I know they've relaxed the rules with the hands in the back, but. Like last week with Tom Hawkins when he pushed Weedering out, there's a time when it's just a push. And, and you know, the old using your hands to sort of, you know, back off a, a player when you're judging the ball better and using your body better and taking the mark, I've got no issues with. But there was a lot of instances last night where I just felt like Essen were just flat out pushing players out of the contest. And the umpires were just happy to go, oh, yeah, that's, that's all just part of the game. Keep, keep on going. And and the stuff that we were we were getting pulled up on at times you even wondered whether it was there, so yeah, I, it, it sat poorly with me. And I think the other thing that really frustrated me is just too often I felt like Liam Jones was being manhandled and kept from running at the contest. And it's just you know it it just it was a very much a consistency, and it's an easy free kick to pay. You pay it once; it doesn't happen any more throughout the night. Well, Timbo, we've we've uh, spoken
0: of you mentioned this last week. You mentioned um, the the one that Jones should have got when Gary Rowan floated across the front of the pack, and it's like an it's like an elephant. it has got a memory like a fucking uh, safe. Timbo remembers them, Um, but the point was, and I think it's well founded, that we as a club need to be alert and aware of tactics that other teams are clearly employing and liam jones is a great example of a guy that comes up to break up the marking contest with the big spoil so clearly his opponent might actually operate as a decoy at times to keep him away from the contest to buffet him to make sure he can't get a run at it to potentially hold him just so he can't break up and you know spoil the ball so we as a club if it's happening need to be on top of it to the umpires these are tactics being used no, no doubt. against our player. Just keep an eye out for it. These, you know, we've got examples A, B, C, and D. Clearly, this is what teams are doing. And you, you and I, Fab, we've spoken about it many times in the past. This is what a good manager does in football before a big game. Yep, they just put something on the agenda,
1: draw attention to it,
0: and they don't. They do it subtly. They don't come out and say, uh, like uh, Damien Hardwick did after Wietering and Jones gave Free Walton Lynch a bath. They don't come out and whinge about it. They just wait. And in the mid pre match, you know, press conference the next week, they'll go, they'll they'll sort of subtly weave it into the conversation that these are tactics being used. Yeah. This is what we know player A likes to do. We need to be mindful of that. Blah blah. blah. And they just put it on the agenda. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's
1: like what Fergie did to those uh, players, like Stuart Pearce. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, if people people <laughs> have been listening to us for a long time, the we Sean and I love the uh, old Kevin Keegan oh. quote, where he was just lost the plot. And I would love it.
0: They've got to go to Middlesbrough <laughs> and get something. It was it was the classic example of, like, you could freeze frame it. This man has lost his mind mm. on live television. So,
1: for context, furkey's basically had a go at a few of the opponents that Newcastle had to play. And, like, lying down. And, yeah, yeah, you know, not going in 100% and blah, blah, blah. And basically fired him up, which is, that's what's what you've got yeah. to do. You know, with bringing something to the... To the attention. Have you seen the
0: interview with David Ginola who obviously played for Newcastle at the time and he basically said, yeah, Keegan lost the plot <laughs> that moment. <laughs> it was great. Uh, and then my last chicken shit, this is a pretty short and sharp one, just the Essendon Football Club in general. Absolute yep. chicken shit. Yep. Seriously. Had enough of their bullshit. Had enough of their fucking boosters in the media, getting hyped every fucking second week. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Oh, well, Essendon could play their second string defensive If eight players an isolated with COVID, they could play Brandon Zerk Thatcher. and No, oh, that's an AFL. They'll be out of handle, Carlton. Get
1: fucked. No, nah. nah, honestly, <laughs> yeah. they look – I watched them against Fremantle. Tin asses. Top to bottom. They are delusional. I saw them against Sydney. Sydney. Lucky to hold on to that one. They yep. are not a good football. What story. about
0: Fremantle? Did you talk about Fremantle? What was, oh, they didn't play Melbourne. Sorry, I was thinking who they, they. Who's the other team they played? They didn't play
1: Melbourne. So, just just tin asses.
0: They are, and like they're just top to bottom delusional about where they are, where they fit, where they're going. Oh, with this that. You are the very definition of a middle of the road team. Yep. You're going nowhere.
1: Dylan Shields made a. Grave, Grave Brendan error. Goddard-like <laughs> decision.
0: With his haircut or his decision? No, nah, he's,
1: he's gone there and he'll have a nothing career. He, just, he, deserves, he deserves it. There you go. I've said it.
0: <laughs> Shit. Uh, obviously, the scratch match, we played the Bombers. <clears throat> As we've been saying, these scratch matches are, are a little bit um, sort of hard to gauge. They don't really seem to keep scores. Uh, three 20-minute medi- uh, periods. Um, we got some good good uh, reviews from guys like Matty Kennedy, Liam Stocker, each kicked a couple of goals. Uh, Was it 12 on 12? Yeah.
2: 12 on 12.
0: 12 on 12. So it would have been very open. Um, yeah. Obviously, Zach Fisher kicked a couple of goals as well. And just names that you want to see, I suppose, on the score sheet without knowing too much about how anyone played. But um, it's, it's good to see that those names that we want to we want to hear about and we want to see them in dispatches that they're the ones getting mentioned. So mm. we Good can only, words,
1: good words around Liam Stocker.
0: Yeah. We can only take the report on face value, so um, fingers crossed those guys are getting through it all unscathed and um, we'll be pushing for selection as best they can in the coming weeks. Uh, we now move on to the Prenders, our awards. Yep. Um, now, the player vote... It's uh, not just
1: our awards, it's the awards of the people Yeah, as I well, mean, our awards
0: followers. is our awards, Fabian. It's like the collective. Yep. Our awards. Uh the 3-2-1s and ones for us, uh, just to give you a bit of a back uh, back or some context, I should say. Uh, each week, Fabian, Tim and myself do our 3-2-1s. and ones. We then open it up to our fans who, on Twitter, uh, give us their 3-2-1s. The fans' votes are then aggregated to form a 3-2-1 and one based
1: on... The, from the fans. On the fans. Phenomenal so, contribution from the un- fans uh, last month. Unbelievable.
0: Night. So, yep. effectively, week to week, there are 24 votes available. Um, six from each of us, six from the fans. So my votes were three Doherty, two Cunningham, one Levi. Tim went three Levi, two Cunningham, one Murphy. Fabaganoush put the cat amongst the pigeons. He went three Levi, one Cunningham, two Cunningham, one Ploughman. I am not going to castigate you because you've got a right of reply here to just yep. explain your rationale. I did, Timbo, you can vouch for this. I did send a text through just to say, <laughs> I'll come for you. Just be you prepared. Did, you, did,
1: you did say that. Now, I I have submitted my votes. No, I have admitted to only watching three quarters of football, <laughs> to the point where I submitted my votes. And Murphy probably would have snuck in for a vote had I watched four quarters of football. That's like grand final two thousand two. Yeah, it's um, it's what do they call it? It's uh, a yeah. Norm Smith, Smith Medal voting. Yeah, so, two thousand two um, style. Now, when I when I do votes, and I only do votes here, I don't look up stats. I don't. I'm not. I'm not like I'll look up stats. In the aftermath to yep. kind of back up or, or, or kind of, you know, basically to reaffirm... Frank, you know, thinking. Yeah. yeah. And yep. so I, I just, as I'm watching it, and for me, I thought we controlled for quarters one and two. But quarter, the third quarter, which I've said it before, we kicked five behind to their two goals one. I've never seen a team dominate a quarter as we did and lose it by... Eight points. Eight points, right? So, in that, and what I what I felt is the ball was played in our forward eighty, and it was Lockie Plowman. And it wasn't just Lockie, but it was the, the, the fans. We set up a wall. This is what I'm feeling at the time. And there's that wall, and Lockie was there, and it was just it was repelling. Now, they obviously came for me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a hatred out there for Lockie Plowman, and I've been <laughs> I've been they did come for you. Um, I've been guilty of it myself, but um, it's not their fault or not Lockie Plowman's fault that we had a shitful quarter where we didn't finish off any of that good work. The repeat entries inside 50 during the third were unbelievable. I checked out his heat map for the third quarter and it's exactly where I thought he was. He was 80 metres out on that that, um, MCC wing. Ball was there in every contest and stats don't always come up. No. Do you know what I mean? They don't show. You know, he went at. You know, Doc was Doc was phenomenal. Doc went at 91%. But he went at 77%. He looked. I think the average on the ground's at low 60s. Yeah. He looked composed. So, look, you know, he provided structure. He provided pressure.
0: Look, it's probably not as eyebrow raising as Timbo's two votes to Harry Mackay.
1: When Harry didn't touch Harry the ball. Harry
0: had 14 supercoach points. It's probably not as like. So. I love that. It's hmm. one of my favorites. Look,
1: oh, to me, you got to vote because <laughs> during that third quarter, I remember saying it to Dad. He's doing, he's doing his role. He's, his, the, it, whipping
0: he, yeah. un- he's the whipping boy. Undoubtedly, he is the whipping boy. It doesn't matter how well he plays. What I had a discussion with one of the, the guys on fans on Twitter who um, clearly doesn't like Plowman, and he's entitled to that opinion. But he was, he was trying to blame Plowman for the goal, the Bukernan goal, where he and Walsh combined, Levi drops the mark.
1: Because Ploughman was involved. In, go, that, in that passage of play, he was phenomenal. He was
0: good. And you going, oh, mate, if that's what you're going to hang him out to dry for, I, I don't know what you want me to say. But look, he's just the whipping boy at the moment. And even the last contest where Townsend comes in, I think his rationale is there's no point me getting sucked to this contest in the sense that there's bodies everywhere. This guy's got me on the lead a bit. Well, I don't need to go with him. Cripps is there. There's a couple other guys there, but whatever. Um, the fans vote came out as follows. Three to David Cunningham, two to Sam Doherty, one to Levi Casbolt. The split was uh, Cunningham with 130 votes, Doherty 114, Levi 76, Murph nine, Pido four, Gibbons four, Sam 03, Jones one. I think someone just voted for Jonesy's head and <laughs> Sam Walsh uh, with one. Uh, so like I said, the split there was, was pretty even really a pretty down the line, I suppose most you know, those three players figured very heavily in everyone's yep. votes, but it does mean that we have a new leader atop the Prender's Player of the Year, Levi Casbolt, has jumped into first position on twenty votes. Patrick Cripps is second on nineteen. Jacob Weedering on seventeen. David Cunningham has vaulted into outright fourth on the back of his nine votes last night. He moves to fourth. Poor old Sam Dockett; he's been exceptional, but he's just picking up like ones and twos. Yep. So he's on eight. And Jack Martin, who polled seven in round one, is on seven. He's, uh, he's in sixth spot on the countdown. <laughs> um, so that's the leaderboard there. So that's great. We'll obviously keep that up to date as the season rolls on. Uh, the goals of the day, votes still ongoing. Uh, the options for this one were Eddie's crumb in the first quarter, uh, Mitch McGovern's set shot from the boundary, Levi's snap uh, in the th- fourth quarter. And or second quarter, sorry, second quarter, second quarter, um, second. Yep, and Mitch McGovern's, uh, you know, just hard work on the deck in the second as well, where he
1: floated it through.
0: Casbolt's uh, snap leads that one at this stage very narrowly.
1: I'm not every opinions are like we know what's right now. Obviously, get on, get on Twitter, cast your vote. But yes, if Mitch McGovern's hit from the boundary does not win, what about Levi? It is a.
0: Yeah, I know, but that's still a snap. Levi's goal is very good.
1: Yeah, and he, and he draws it round, and it's it's beautiful. He hits it hard. Mitch McGoverns, on the right camera angle, Drop pun.
2: it does Drop not move.
1: Pun. It doesn't move. It's yeah. phenomenal, Timbo. It's phenomenal. Well, that, that was very and close. I loved it.
2: That I, was... it yeah, it, it was one of those ones you place your vote, and you sit there and you're going, I can only choose one. Apologies, Levi, but Mitch, that's a sensational goal. On
1: his right that peg. Was. On his right peg. He's a very... Accurate kick of the football, isn't he? Even he's. He is. He, is. he didn't yes. make the distance, I'm pretty sure. It was just the last quarter. He didn't make the distance with one of them, but he's hit it and it was so pure and so straight. We just, it was a lot, one of the long shots, wasn't it? Yeah. We're just going to get him the ball. So at
0: the moment, Caswalt's uh, snap has 50% of the vote. Wow. Mitch's set shot has 36 and a half.
1: Wow. Look, look. Eddie's little toe poke from the goal line.
0: It's just a nice piece of roving nice piece of you know small forward play
2: what's he there for <laughs> well
0: like I well, like Favin's like just you know he's like whoa, whoa. he's just completely at a loss
1: I don't think people appreciate how hard Mitch McGovern's kick well, was
0: 40 36 and percent of the voters do <laughs> and then marks yeah. of the day <laughs> uh, it's funny enough the same split as it was last week uh, Levi has three nominations and um and McGovern won uh, Levi's it's the same thing, exactly the same as last week. He took that really nice contested mark on the back flank late in the last quarter on Bell Chambers. Yep. Uh, that's leading the vote there. Yep. So, uh, obviously, if you are listening to this, make your way to our Twitter page, the. What are we? Can I just. The cast or one word?
1: Touch on one of his marks. And, geez, the chat, I know, same commentators went on about it. How many times you take a mark, and then when you, you, you've got a firm grasp on it, and then you hit the ground and it comes out, it's still a mark? He takes the mark. That leads to the goal that either puts us level or puts us in front. Level, yeah. Level. He marks it. It's not until his body and his full body weight lands on the on the deck that the ball comes out. And they're like, oh, did that bobble out? No.
0: Fabian, I'll remind you of Arsenal were at home to Leeds United many, many years ago.
1: We hate Arsenal just as much as we, we hate we Arsenal. <laughs> um
0: and Leeds, Not all of <laughs> Leeds were battling uh, relegation. That was the day Harry Kewell scored that absolute scorcher.
1: Gave us the title.
0: Gave us the title, more or less. I yes. think we still had to beat someone, but yeah. gave us the title. Um, and they did a fan cam. It was one of the first fan cams I've ever seen. I don't know if the scores a goal, but one of the Leeds goals yeah, I think he did. was offside. Like, pretty clearly offside. And obviously back then, 2002-03, no VAR, nothing. Play on, goal is scored. And they're reviewing it. And the Leeds fan goes... Oh, he's offside. That's even better. That's my, <laughs> yeah. res- that's my response. I don't care. If Levi dropped the mark, who gives a shit? They paid it. He went back. He kicked it. Yep. That makes it even better if he dropped it. Eight straight. And, year. Yeah, technically. Um, obviously, we move to next week. And the Saints at the MCG on Saturday afternoon, uh, the early start. Shapes is a really interesting game. The Saints have been a little bit up and down like us. They had an excellent win uh, on Saturday um, against the Tigers. The Tigers are a little bit out of sorts. I think it's fair to say they'll they'll... Got plenty of time. They'll probably write the ship, but
1: um they'll have eleven straight games at the MCG. Very, probably, yeah, very season, true. So.
0: Um, but look, a super chance for us, Timbo, to you know move to three and two. And from three and two, you're sitting there going, okay, okay let's see where this takes us. We've got the Swanies, Timbo's team, the Bloods, the Bloods. Is that at the Eddie Hat?
1: Yes. No G. Oh Sydney. We're playing Sydney at the G. I think it's even I think better. So. Even, oh, better. even better, we'll smash him But
0: you sit there and you go, shit, you, know, you can't get ahead of yourself, Tim, but you sort of going, oh, geez, this game, this week's really big.
1: Can't get ahead of ourselves. but we're going to be four and two, Timbo. What are your thoughts? And then we've got the Suns. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's going to be an interesting match, isn't it? They um, they have always put Jack Steele on Patrick Cripps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Steele's been playing some pretty good footy at the moment. So um, that'll be a very, very interesting matchup. Um, uh,
0: Timbo. You there, Timbo. Oh, Adelaide. <laughs> you just froze Timbo. No, Rowan,
2: yeah, no, Rowan Marshall from um, St Kilda will go up against Pitnett in the ruck, which um, I think very similar players would, would make for a really good matchup. And then obviously we've got Brad Hill and his run, and the fascinating thing will be, you know, does an Ed Curno go outside to a player like that or does he stay on the inside and then we look to bring somebody else in a, in a tagging type role, whether Nunes could run with him or whether you're potentially playing Blocky O'Brien as a shutdown kind of a player will be interesting. But, um, but yeah, St Kilda you know, dropped um, dropped a match the previous week, um, but came right back to um, to make sure they're running with full pressure last week. So um, they're not going to hand, hand it to us. We're going to have to have a crack. Um, but I think if we can play our best footy, we can definitely account for them. So look this, forward to it. Does Flip
1: hold his position in the side, given, given St Kilda's running ability and speed?
2: I think he does. I, I think he does. And, and I think we've always talked about it. When you give a kid a chance, it can't be, um, we're going to just give you one go, and if you don't make it, you, you, you go back. I reckon you sit there and you're going, if you've earned it, you've earned three games. And if after three games, you're really not quite finding the pace and all that sort of stuff send them back to the twos. But I think the styles of footy that both St Kilda and Sydney play, having a little bit more run, a little bit more speed, a little bit more pressure, um, it's the way that they said they want to be defined with the way that they play. Put him in there. Give him a shot. And if it's three games in a row on the MCG, so much the better for him as well. So I hope he gets a, a run. Um, obviously, where Silvani's at with his rib will will ask a few questions about structure, uh, especially as Harry is not back. So um, we'll just have to wait and see. Selection this week will actually be fascinating, I reckon. Liam Stockwell, See the way okay. that we want to structure
0: Maybe. I think we're all... May do. All, you know, just when, you, when you're on a bit of a roll and you're playing, you know, decent footy and you're getting results, more importantly, you're just eagerly looking forward to what comes next. So I think we're all in the same boat, to us here and, and those listening. Um, but that's us done for another week. Uh, we wrap up. So we obviously thank you all for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Like I said earlier, always hit us up on Twitter. You can find us all, uh, the Prendercast. One word um, for the show's handle: Fabians at uh, Fabiano. Fabiano underscore, underscore G seven. Timbo's at Hoff forty seven, and I'm Sean Peter. All one word. We've been brought to you by MGA Traffic. Fabian. Yep. As always, our fantastic partner. Hit them up if you. If doing you need something. anything,
1: traffic and transport engineering related or waste management related.
0: The best in the business, I'm told.
1: Hit us up, mgatraffic.com.au. You
0: can give your personal phone number out.
1: <laughs> I'd give the office number. I just, I've, drawn just a, I've drawn a blank on it. Um, <laughs> but, but no, also, MGA, very good partners. With our community shout-outs thing, we've put it out on Twitter. But if any of our loyal listeners have businesses...
0: Or know of a friend or family or yep. whoever who... You know. As a business, there's obviously a, a great network of Carlton fans and, and Carlton people everywhere in the community and, and we're more than happy to give people um, who get in touch with us via Twitter a shout out and yeah. uh, potentially support those businesses. That's right,
1: give us your details and we will give a community shout out during our podcasts. So excellent.
0: Excellent. Well for me, Sean Peterbutch, thank you so much for listening in. For Doctor Tim Davis, how are you? Uh, what, what are you doing? Your, what were you saying, Early? Oh, your, your footy shrink. You're, yeah. you're, what's the What's the abbreviation for a psychiatrist? It, you know, like you know, you got like uh, uh, JD, you know, Juris Doctor. Yeah, don't know DDS. That was a joke in you know, a comedy I used to watch. Uh, Happy endings. Where he, this guy introduced himself as JD DDS, and the guy goes, "You're a lawyer and a dentist." And he goes, <laughs> "Yeah."
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but for Tim Davis, thank you very much for tuning in.
2: It's always a pleasure, shortest Uh us especially when we knock the bombers off. Oh, five points.
0: it's so so sweet. And for the big what a, what a week. And for the big fubba ganoush rule thirty nine. Listen to another member of the pod when he warns you about your votes.
1: <laughs> Out <laughs> of <for> that, ciao <Chittagazzi. laughs> And I'll vote however I bloody well want to. We'll Thank catch
0: you. you next week.
1: Please let go, blues.
2: Thank you, boys.
1: Bye.